You're listening to the Makers and Mystics podcast. I'm your guest host, John Mark McMillan, and this is the Summer Series, Episode 4. This is part two of my roundtable discussions with author-illustrator Vesper Stamper and visual artist and designer Brandon Willett. Today's conversation is titled Memes, Propaganda, and Art. Have you ever wondered what distinguishes art from non-art? What are the distinctions and who gets to decide? What makes something a work of art? Is it the result of a conscious act or does it require skill and originality? What about memes and propaganda? Can these be considered works of art? These are some of the questions we'll be discussing in today's show. Thank you for joining us and be sure to visit patreon.com slash makers and mystics for additional interview segments and Patreon only conversations. Okay, so Joseph Boyce said, man is only truly alive when he realizes he is a creative artistic being. Even the act of peeling a potato can be a work of art if it is a conscious act. So um, on an episode of a wonderful YouTube show called The Hot Ones, where the interviewer interviews celebrities, athletes, and they eat progressively hotter hot wings. If you don't know about it, go check it out. It's wonderful. Anyway, there was one episode with Shia LaBeouf, and the interviewer asks Shy, are memes art? And Shy, being he himself, said definitely, everything that moves you is art. Hmm. So, this is the million dollar question. Are memes art? Memes are some of the funniest, and memes definitely move us. And memes can also be some of the most worthless things that have ever existed in life. But could you also <laughs> say that during a, um, especially kind of the beginning of a of an art movement, many critics would have said the same thing? A hundred percent. I think abstract expressionism is a really good example of that. And where the art critics were, you know, um, minus Clement Greenberg, on their opinions of abstract expressionism, you know, baked macaroni is what one of the critics said. My daughter could have done this is another. So I, I guess I put that kind of right there in the stew with what you just said, John Mark about, uh, I, there's, there's so many questions though. Is it, is it a, is it an issue of quality? Is it an issue of mass production? What's, what's the issue? Why, why are memes art or not art? Well, I mean, this is just my perspective. And I don't know that this makes them art or not art. But I do know that there is, um, I wish there's a better word than hierarchy. But there is a hierarchy to meaningful um, communication, right? Like, for instance, if a... If a man ever asks a woman to marry him through a text, she should say no. Correct. <laughs> because the 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 capability of the text being meaningful is is so minute. There's so little meaning in a text now, and I can see Brandon's wheels turning. Right? <laughs> what <Yeah>. if <laughs> what if they met through a text, or like what if there was some like context? to the text, 
you know, like what if this is a next level type of thing? Like the text was part of an elaborate joke based on something they had going together and he texted her and then he came out from the room. Sure, but generally speaking, a text is a very, uh, it's if it was a life form, a text would be a single cell organism, right? It's just very, very basic. And memes to me are generally in that same category. They have a purpose. Um, and once again, I know your wheels are turning. You're going to come back at me with something where a meme could be probably more meaningful than that. But I feel like, Okay, like a handwritten letter, right? That's that has a much higher level of meaning or potential for personal meaning. Like in you know, a feature film or a novel, you know, like there's obviously they're not all good, but I'm saying like they have more potential for meaning and it means more. And maybe it's because of time. And then you can talk about immediacy versus something that took more um, intentionality. Does that make it, or is that, um, does that have a, does that factor into why one is meaningful and the other is not, you know? But to me, memes are like on the lowest end of the totem pole when it comes to like the, the potential for meaning. I'm sure I could be proven wrong. I don't know. What do you guys think about that as far as like, does the medium itself also carry a message? I guess is what I'm saying. Does the meaning itself say something about the content of said meaning? Oh, there's so much here. <laughs> there's like, you know, the question of is hamburger helper the same as filet mignon, you know? And how, when you say that any conscious act is art that Joseph Boyce well, some acts are more conscious than others. And how are we to say that just because something is an act or something produces a product, let's say, that it has been conscious? I think there's a whole lot of things getting done in the world right now that are totally unconscious because they're not they're not taking the greater you know the bigger picture into account, right? Yeah, but but to clarify, boys did say conscious act. So I think if we're also using his uh, quote as a standard, unconscious acts can already be thrown out. Because he said it, it was a conscious act. If he did it, even the act of peeling a potato can be a work of art if it is a conscious act. So there is an if-then statement within there. So if it's not a conscious act, then it's not, you know, in we're equating this to Boise's statement, however, you know, like, like, like it's the, the written word, but nonetheless, you know, if it's not a conscious act, then uh, I, I got a lot to say about even if it's not a conscious act, man. I know. I mean, I could get, yeah, it's true. I could go back to, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that you were saying, John Mark about, you know, production and quality, hmm. you know, I, I just see Andy Warhol giggling in his grave you know, him and Keith Haring, you know, when it comes to, you know, that's, that, that's one of the things, both of them, you know, addressed the idea of production head on and accessibility to the commoner, you know, that was um, a big thing, especially for Haring that he was so frustrated with is that art was only something for the upper echelon and the value of that determines whether it's art or not. And he wanted to make art or stickers and buttons and t-shirts very specifically because he wanted art to be accessible to all people. 
you know, so I guess too, I would kind of throw that into, yeah, anybody can make a meme does, but that, but how does that, how do we define that as not being art? Because anybody could have done it. And even if it did take a few seconds to do so, I do like what you said about intentionality though. And I think that does go back to Joseph Boyce. He said, it's a conscious act. You know, there's, Mm. there has to be some level of intentionality to this for God's sakes. You know, we have to have something to put on our foundation. Yeah. Okay. But, but propaganda is a conscious act. It's a very, it's a hyper conscious act. Absolutely. Why is that not art? Is that art? Yeah. Why not? Just because we don't like it doesn't mean it's not art. Just because we disagree with it doesn't mean it doesn't make it less art. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of beautiful, there's a lot of art out there that I can't stand, but it's still art. No. Okay. But see, my issue is that like, Propaganda isn't propaganda because I disagree with it. Right. Propaganda to me is propaganda because there is an ulterior motive, right? I am trying to change your mind or convince you of something. Why, why can't art do that? It can, but to me, so my personal definition, that's a lesser art. It's a lesser art. And the reason for my personal definition that's a lesser art is because I'm when I feel like someone has an ulterior motive, you know, like when I'm walking through the mall and the girl tries to give me hair product, like I'm like, no, no, because she has an ulterior motive. Like you're not trying to make my life better. Like you're <laughs> you're trying to like sell more units, you know, and so I don't trust her. However, like when I'm getting my hair cut, you know, and my friend is, you know, cutting my hair and she says, this will really work for you. And she pulls this out and does the thing like I'm much more willing to listen to her and i feel like as an artist you can either you the art the things you create can be used like a blunt object to fulfill a role or they can be put out into the world to make the world a more interesting uh exciting richer place i guess and they both you know? fit under the title of art they do but i think and that one scene. <laughs> okay, I, they do fit, both fit under the title of art, but I do think that one is more substantial than the other. And maybe that's just my personal scale. Well, maybe the question is not necessarily like, what is art, but what do we want as a culture to devote our time to? And what completely what kind of- different question now, though? That's an entirely different question altogether, I think. But it's a good question, though. I think it's a relevant one. Okay, so let's run, let's run away well, from wait, this. Wait, this I, one. I just want to I want to <laughs> go back to the propaganda thing for just one minute because I think that, of course, all art—well, maybe not all art—you know—but a lot of art wants to convince you of this or that, right? Yes. Maybe has an ulterior motive, but with propaganda, the motive is not the one that is, it's a bait and switch. You know, like the propaganda, I have a beautiful book of Soviet propaganda posters, right? I mean, yeah. the, 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 like the technicality of them is mind blowing. It's stunning. Like yeah, the design, brilliant. it's incredible. The, mm-hmm. You know, the socialist realism, it's incredible. But that's what lures you in is this, you know, technical like realism. Mm-hmm. But then it's, it's, you know, its goal is not your, it's not your betterment. It's the goal is not to draw you out as the viewer, you know, into your better self. (laughs) It's to, it's to 
suck you into that piece and make you part of it. You know, maybe I'm not articulating it that well, but you know, I, I think that art, okay. So art that's maybe like worthy of its name, let's say the brothers Karamazov, right? It's always going to hold up the mirror to you and draw you out of yourself to, to be more fully you, to be more fully who you were created to be, whereas propaganda is going to absolutely suppress you. And I think that um, I see a lot of that in pop culture, frankly. I know, pe- I know that a lot of people are big fans of pop culture. I, there is some pop culture I love, but I think that right now we're at a moment where pop culture, whether that's in music or books, the overwhelming thrust of it right now is propagandistic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so, and and maybe we're, and we'll go back to the initial question here. I know, Brandon, sure. you're saying we're getting off track, but would you say that propaganda is coercive? And maybe that's the difference in propaganda and non-propaganda. So one is coercive or selfish, and propaganda seeks to take advantage of a person as the other maybe seeks to start a conversation. Suppress the person, maybe? Suppress, yeah. Did the did the Soviet socialists think, that, I mean, not all of them thought they were. I mean, you've got to admit there were useful idiots there um, at which they thought that they were doing the Lord's work, per se. Of course. You know, um, I mean, hell, I just said the Lord's work. So let's go talk about the Crusades, you know. I mean, it's... The, the, I think that's the problem with useful idiots. And I'm using, was that Lenin who said that? That was Lenin, right? Um, where they did, they basically were puppets of, you know, X, Y, Z regime. But, um, and they thought that what they were doing was actually a benefit to society, a benefit to the land, you know. You know, so intention even there, be it ignorant, um, how can you condemn their their motivation while they're designing whatever poster it was? Because they felt like it was better, you know. Um, do you see what I'm saying? I do. Let me throw this out there. I think when I think of propaganda, or generally, and, and this is how the conversation has gone even tonight here, when we think about propaganda, we normally think about someone saying something that we disagree with or something that we don't like. I think my biggest issue is when people are using propaganda to talk about things that I'm actually passionate about. Sure, yeah. You know, like, without getting really, without getting mean, because honestly, I really, I can I can appreciate all different forms of music, you know. But especially in the Christian world, you often find music that is, um, it's like, I agree with the basic message. It's just, you're using propaganda style tactics where you turn something that I'm very passionate about into an advertisement. And that's, and so to me, it's like, it's not, it's my issue with propaganda. Isn't that I disagree with the views of the people who are producing propaganda, but that even more when I agree with the views, I'm even more offended by propaganda because I feel like, in my opinion, it devalues the subject matter. And that's maybe where I would have an issue is I think often propaganda devalues or reduces a subject matter into a, you know, into a a means to an end, right? As the kind of art forms that I like enrich or elevate the subject matter. So what you're basically saying is some music 
today, if, if I'm going to kind of connect the beginning to the end here, is, is some of the music that you're hearing today, um, even specifically Christian music, is not art. I'm not saying it's not art. I'm saying it doesn't carry the weight of 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 the art that I appreciate. And maybe I'm just being really um you know kind and the definitions are a little bit blurry right as far as what is and isn't sure. art. It's a really difficult conversation. And well that's the conversation we kind of started off with and I imagine we'll come back around to. But let me say this, it's not really about and I maybe I took a cheap shot at Christian music and I'm really sorry. Yeah. But it's but it goes beyond that. Like, and this is why I have a big problem with this is that everything, every, I say everything, or I'm using a, a, a big word. Um, almost everything we see on the internet is coercive because we are rewarded for creating coercive content on the internet by people who click the little like button and people who um, write stuff under our thing. We feel validated when we create coercive content and it does bother me that everything seems to have become an advertisement it's like your page is an advertisement for you or for your life or for the things you saw and like what kind of people are we becoming when we live in a world where um advertisements are not ways that we build our lives but our lives become ads right mm. like if our lives have become you know, like advertisements, living advertisements, right? Mm -hmm. There's a, I, I was looking for a quote as you guys were talking and one of the books that I've been using for my research uh, in this book about the Berlin Wall is called Divided, Divided Memory. And it's basically about, you know, post-Nazi Germany and how they reckoned with the past as, it was splitting into e co the communist East and the, um, let's say, democratic or capitalist West. And there's a quote at the at the dedication for the Sachsenhausen uh, concentration camp that says, uh, where, uh, somebody giving a speech, I can't remember who it was, and I'm trying to find it, but it basically says that, you know, every movement has its poets, uh, its calculated publicists and its poets of revenge. You know, every movement has that. And mm -hmm. one of the things that was so, um, one of the things that was a real subject of contention in post-war Germany was, you know, where did all the former Nazis go, right? And one of the things that was kind of, you know, exposed um, by Simon Wiesenthal, who was, you know, the famous Nazi hunter, was that... Um, in a 19, it says in a 1968 report titled The Same Language, First for Hitler and Now for Ulbricht, Wiesenthal reported that among former members of the Nazi party were the East German government's press chief. You know, so these former Nazi propagandists found, you, you know, even though the Nazis were completely opposed to the communists, in this environment, it was all the same, you know, it was all the same propagandists under a new umbrella, because that was their mode of operation. Mm -hmm. That was the language they spoke, right? And so, you know, like every movement is going to have that element to it, no matter how pure the movement, you know, consider, considers itself. So, you know, whether it's the Nazis or the communists or, you know, the, the 
the Christian music industry, and God for, no, I'm not equating those. I'm really not, I promise. But, you know, there's always that tendency to want to turn ourselves into advertisements, to want to turn ourselves into spokesmen and, and you know, let the, mus- the, the message trump the, the art of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that was sort of a roundabout <laughs> way of getting back to what we were talking about. But, you know, it's, it's the subject of propaganda versus art is like, you know, it's a complex one, you know, there's whole books and courses of study are written about it. So we're not going to solve it here, but, you know, it's worth thinking about. It's worth thinking about, you know, just as an individual artist, right? Like as an individual artist, I may not have control over like a whole industry and their modes of operation, but I have control over how I, the mindset with which I produce my work, right? Right. Is that what makes something art? Is the mindset by which Mm. it's made? Well, let's go back to this idea of it being a conscious act. This would be my um, issue with the word conscious, is that I feel like when I am like peak creative, that like um, I'm in more of a flow state. and. When I create the work that I look back and think is my best work, obviously a lot of intention led up to that moment. A lot of hard work, a lot of the mundane, day in, day out kind of stuff. But when I actually create that for that small period of time, I feel like I'm often in a little bit of an unconscious place. Like I I almost feel like for me, when I'm creating my best, it's coming from a subconscious rather than a fully conscious place. Yeah. Yeah, I think you I know? think what his con- conscious act here is just more of like what we were saying is a deliberate intent. You know, so I feel like that would still, you know, that would be under all of what you said would be under that deliberate intent. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, not not a literal state of consciousness act, you know, but you know, you know, a, a, a some level of intention, right? Yep. Um yeah. Let me throw this out there. So nature is art in its own way, but can is art can art only be created by humans? Is art what separates us from the animals? I think what's a cooler idea is if we're going to keep going and we it looks like we are. It looks like we're kind of basing <laughs> Um, our argument, you know, is that the standard or the foundation is this idea of intentionality of, yeah. of, of, of deliberate conscious intentionality. And the beauty of what you just asked, John Mark, is it really does then set an intentionality to the earth itself, mm-hmm. right? Which, you know, I know we're not over here trying to talk about the existence of God or anything like that. Cause I feel like for us, at least that's a, that's a, that's a, you know, a no brainer. However, you know, if we're, you know, reaching out and having these conversations with individuals, you know, beyond our circles and bubbles, I feel like that's a wonderful place right there is that does that then mean that the earth was created with some level of deliberate intention? I mean, we know there is, you know, but that's a good point, you know, philosophical, like kind of stance to, to start off on if we're, you know, you know, 
talking to ind- individuals beyond, you know, again, our circles and this and that is, is, is that right there? You know, if, if this potato being the earth <laughs> yeah. was, was made with some level of conscious act and there, there had, what is this consciousness and what was the deliberate act behind it? You know, but yeah. anyway, I see what you're saying. Well, this is okay. So let's just go all in. All right. All right. Like the scripture to me, because we're talking about existential things right now, right? This is where we've moved. And we all want to, because I know you guys, and this is the waters we roll in. But if we're going to go fully existential, let's talk about John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? He was with God in the beginning, yes. Yeah, and the idea that a Word, and so I've always, lately I've had this thought, if the word was with God, the word was God, there's sort of this idea that there's a pre-articulated word, right? What is a word before it's spoken? Like I, I've often thought about being a songwriter, and this has happened many times tonight when I had a word on the tip of my tongue and I knew what it meant. Just because I couldn't articulate it didn't mean I didn't know what it meant, and then I ended up writing it down. I have my paper here, and I wrote it down just so that if I have a point I remember what the word is. So the meaning didn't cease to exist simply because I wasn't able to articulate the word. But then at a point, I'm able to articulate the word. So like meaning, if in the, this is what this is, has to say to me, if in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, then it's like meaning has always been there before it was articulated. And so, you know, talking about the creation story and God creating the world with his voice, you know, however you want to look at the creation story, if you want to take it entirely literal or partially literal or as sort of a metaphor to something else, it's sort of like doesn't matter because the idea is so beautiful that there's this pre-existing meaning and we through our lives and the way we live our lives, seek to embody this pre-articulated meaning and give flesh to this to this thing. And it talks about Jesus is the image of the invisible God, right? And so Jesus does this perfectly. And so all of a sudden, art takes on a new meaning because we are taking things. and And I would say this, if art is anything, art is maybe art is anything that we do with meaning. Maybe I wouldn't say conscious. Maybe I would say any meaning is more of the word that I like better than conscious. We endue or place meaning into work and we push it out into the world and we attempt to put some sort of flesh around some kind of meaning and put it out there into the world. And what we're doing is mimicking the pattern that must have been from the beginning. Incarnation. Incarnation. That is the great word. That is the greatest word. I recently wrote a song where I used the word excarnate. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of incarnate. But isn't this what we're maybe what we're modeling? And so can a meme <laughs> be incarnate? <laughs> but a meme can have meaning, right? And can be modeled. I don't know. Am I just getting too crazy? Am I like just losing it now? Don't need to call it a night. If anything, it brings up 
it brings up more questions than yeah. it answers, right? <laughs> it does, yeah. 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 Well, I'd like to hear from Brandon. We, what is art? So you definitely told us what it's not. And I trust you because you're one of the my favorite artists. What is so t- talk about what is art? Or is art only a thing that you can only say? You can only speak about in the negative. Is is it, can can we only say what art isn't, or is there what what is the Brandon Willett definition? Oh of God, art? Um, <laughs> like anybody cares. Okay, what what just this is what I think art is 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 an intentional expression. That's it. Is an intentional expression. Now we can get into capital A art and lowercase a art because I am a firm believer in those two ideas, you know, Mm -hmm. because, you know, the, your, your child's drawing on your refrigerator is yes, that's art, but that's lowercase a art and not capital a art, you know, because it's just, it's communicating to, you know, like your, your own journal, heck, even like a, like say a Picasso, for example, his little journal that only he sees, that's still lowercase a art. That's his, that's for him. That's, that's a communication of one, maybe two, you know, if it's with your bud or your, your friend, or even to God, I feel like that's still, that is a, that is a very intimate communication intentional for point A to point B. And the point being just another conscious body, right? Mm. But it's all still art, you know. Um, I'm, I'm yep. Negative intention, positive intention, all of it for me, it's all part of the same thing. And it's art. It's an expression. Yeah. Whether we hate it, whether we love it, whether we agree with it, whether we disagree with it, disagree with it, if we feel like it was more robotic, it wasn't out of passion because like that kind of goes back to, you know, some of the stuff that like Warhol was exploring, even Joseph Boyce himself was exploring just these ideas of, you know, what does conscious intentionality actually mean? What mm-hmm. does mass production mean when it comes to art? You know, uh, Andy Warhol in his studio, he was exploring that so severely that he was even, he even had a rubber stamp of his signature, you know, cause he had, really bought into this idea of the factory, you know, as he called it, you know, and so he was really going for it, you know, um, half of his pieces he didn't even touch. Um, but heck, where are they now? And that even brings up the, if just because it's in a gallery, does that mean it's a, you know, larger piece, you know, there's a, a lot of artists that have played around with that. Marcel Duchamp, you know, one that, um, Steven really loves, he and I share a, a love for Duchamp, you know, putting a shovel in the corner of a, of a, of a gallery, you know, and everybody's like, ah, blah, blah, blah. But he was like, he was, he was having that discussion of, of, of space and time and intention within that space. Just because mm-hmm. this is a gallery, does that mean I can throw a shovel in it and give it a cool name? And does that make it art? Right. So, um, yeah. but it's an intention. It's an intentional act. That shovel was art. Mark me on that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like it's just a, it's just a conscious act, man. It's an intentional conscious act is for me is what it is. All right. I'm going to try a definition out on you then based on what you're saying. The uh, difference between capital A art and lower A art. Yeah. So I would say that the capital A art, see what you think of this is where the intentional expression meets the highest manifestation of the particular skill or craft needed to express it. I don't agree with that. 
I don't think I don't think I don't think all art requires intense craft. But I'm saying the particular skill or craft needed to express that intention. Whatever that is. Oh, correct. So yeah. So oh yeah, yeah. The I've, fountain. So Duchamp's fountain. Yes. Great example. Was was the highest manifestation of the particular skill or craft needed to express that intention. Yeah, I'd be on board with that. Totally. I like that. Hey, I solved I solved it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> We're done here. You know, there we go. Thousands. We did it. We, <laughs> we, we defined our code. <laughs> thousands of years. Thousands of years uh, people no. have been trying to define this yeah. and I did it. <laughs> Right here. Tonight. Right here. Tonight. Next song. (laughs) Next. Sorry. That's an an old comedy routine. Yeah. Sorry. Nobody gets that. Next song. Next. What is that from? You know, I think it's from, who's that? (laughs) Tenacious D. Remember Jack Black had that band? One song was like, like, you know, 10 seconds long. He's like, that's done. He's like, that's not done. He's like, it is done. He's like, that's not a song. He's like, no, it is a song. He's like, he's like, but anyone can do that. He's like, I know, but I did it first. Next song. Next <laughs> song. Anyway, Perfect. next song. Anyone can do it. I did it first. Next song. So to wrap this up, we opened up with this idea. Is a meme or can a meme be art? And per Brandon's definition, an intentional expression, then definitely a meme can be art. Now, Vesper, per your definition, can a meme be art? I think so. It depends on the meme. It does. It does. Here's what I will say about memes. And uh, I actually can appreciate memes because I do at times attempt to write, sort of write pop music. And this is why I like good pop music is because it's actually very, very difficult to do mm-hmm. because you you have to do something that's hard that sounds easy. And that's always really, really hard to do. So a good pop song is a song that takes an idea. Normally, it can actually be a somewhat complex idea and distills it into its most basic fundamental um, form. You distill it down to the most, the smallest component it can be and still be communicated right and a meme does that better than anything in the entire world mm-hmm. to me a meme is like the ultimate pop song when you talk about story you know you have you know a three-act structure a meme is like three-act structure that you can consume in a microsecond As memes are stories you can consume in the smallest amount of time humanly possible. And the really good ones are kind of genius, in my opinion. Very. So I guess the question would be, and we'll save this for another time, I suppose, but is art, capital A, require, is one of the requirements that it endures? And I would say yes. And I don't think that memes endure. Hmm. Well, then we got to start talking about NFTs. And I don't think we have enough time to talk about NFTs. I think they can. Heaven help us. I'm joking. That was funny. I thought that was funny. I think we're going to find out in 
20, 30 years that, that memes are kind of the cave drawings of our, of our current culture. You know, they, 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 they put a timestamp on a situation, a moment in time. It's a commentary. It's, it's all of that, you know, but you know, if, if quality is, you know, l- less to be desired, it's, I, I feel like that's almost a moot point. You know, but it does go back to what you were talking about, uh, Vesper, when it comes to like intention. Um, then, um, then uh, what was that reader? Can you read that again? Do you still have it in front of you? I sure will. I sure will read it again. <laughs> <laughs> I sure will, Brandon. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Art, capital A, is where intentional expression meets the highest manifestation of the particular skill and craft needed to express it. <laughs> Brandon shaking his head. I, I might put a meme on the par of, on par with um, a shopping list. Not at all. No. I mean, they talk directly about our culture, you know, there's, cause then you get into political memes, you know, cause it's not just all about K-pop or something like that. I mean, it's like they, they get, they go deep. Hey, K-pop's awesome. Uh, yeah. Nonetheless, <laughs> it's, it's the, it, depending on, you know, the conversation, you know, being had, you know, just even based on, on that assumption, I feel like there, there's much more value than just, you know, needing avocados and cheeses. I think about there. There are some things a meme can say that is is is, and this goes back to distilling like meaning down to the its least common denominator. I love any hold my beer meme. It's like it, there's so much meaning in hold my beer. Yeah, you know, like uh, you know, 2020 we had the um, you know the epidemic, but you know this year they're releasing the UFO files, right? Yeah, but you could say all that. But but 2020 was a weird year. And 2021 says, yeah. "Hold my beer," right? Yeah, <laughs> we can tell the story of the weirdest two years in my life with one line: "Hold my beer." And there's some kind of ridiculous oh genius in that. There's got to be. Stop the ride! I want to get off. <laughs> There's, there's another right there. Here we go. Oh, I know. Let's keep going. I know. <laughs> hey, guys, this was awesome. It's good. I thought this was so much fun. I think we nailed it. Yeah, likewise. We're going to have to change the name of the podcast to Makers, uh, <laughs> to Memers and Mystics. Memers and Mystics. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Perfect. I'm in. This is fun. Hey. Let's do our own podcast when Stephen gets back. (laughs) Makers and makers and memes. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the conversation today. Be sure to see the show notes of this episode for more information and links to today's guests.